thank you so much, Pastor Emma. Good morning, everyone. It is great to be up here. I um, had this date in my calendar for a while, and when I did injure myself, I sort of thought I might just have to give this one a miss, but um, I just felt like God was really challenging me to just, we don't have to be perfect <laughs> to be able to share God with people. So um, if you see me wobbling or anything up here, it doesn't hurt. I'm just a little bit like like a baby giraffe again, <laughs> except I'm not a giraffe because I'm not that tall. Um, but yeah, as Pastor Emma said, I've been away at conference as well with our team. We had 24 people um, across our three locations there, um, plus a few kidlets. So um, there was well and truly a good representation from Adelaide Hills, Parkside and Henley Beach um, at conference, which was just so amazing because um, there's just so much gold. Um, it is sort of a conference aimed at leaders and pastors, but for anyone that was there, even our teams, um, there were some newer people to from Parkside just wanting to be filled with God and fresh vision. And um, I have no doubt that what was taken away from conference, we had some of our youth leaders there, kids teams, like re representation from all teams, worship teams. So there's just going to be gold um, flowing on from that. If you, just quickly, if you were there at conference, just put your hand up. There's not as many of us in the room as well. Emily and Lockie are away and Jesse's upstairs. Denim's was down the back, wasn't he? I can't see him. Maybe he's gone upstairs too. <laughs> he was down there. Um, but just like grab one of these guys and just ask them what their takeaway was. There was one session which was, um, I actually can't remember his name. He was a Gary Morgan. He was a, um, he's from Wales and he's a prophet. And literally everything that came out of his mouth was just like, like quotable or tweetable as he said like it's just so much gold so just chat to one of the guys that was at conference just hear what um you know God is saying because it's not just for us but you know gathering together as C3 family it's for our movement it's for each of us um and it's very clear that God is doing something in our nation in our churches um so yeah it's, it was just so good next year there we've got a global conference and we're heading to Singapore so if that's something you feel like you hear about conference and something on your heart, it, they're aiming sort of for May next year in Singapore. So, you know, start saving now because it would be so worth getting there. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Uh, this morning I'm sharing around sent but waiting. That's our sort of theme for the last few weeks. I think it's sort of a two-month block about being sent but waiting. Um, and I've got the privilege of sharing out of Acts 10 and I'm going to read quite a lot of it to you this morning because... I found it really hard to cut out a part of it because there's just so much gold in it. I've never really spent time looking at this scripture too much, but um, I'd read it before going to conference and then so much of what was being said at conference just fed straight into this message. And um, so some of the guys that were there will hear some. Emma's already shared part of what we've been talking about from this and from conference. So um, I just pray that it blesses you this morning. I just encourage you to open your hearts and just hear from God today and... Um, because he's got something for you. But we're going to look at Acts 10. Um, and it's a story of a Roman soldier called Cornelius. Um, and typically the Romans were the Gentiles. They, um, there were so many Roman gods that they could worship. But we we're at a part in the Bible where um, Jesus was starting to spread between other people that weren't just the Jews. Um, if you don't know too much about the Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews were considered God's chosen people. And they had a lot of... Um, kind of rules and regulations around their religion that didn't make it open for everybody else. And we're at a part in the Bible where the Gentiles 
that the word of God's starting to spread amongst them and they're actually turning away from the Roman gods and they're actually worshipping the God of Israel, our God. Um, and they've heard what Jesus did. He's come, he's been resurrected up to heaven. But the only thing that separated the Gentiles from being a Jew was the fact that they didn't fully live their customs um, and they weren't circumcised. So, you know, they were worshipping, they were pushing into God, but they just didn't quite meet the criteria that the Jews wanted them to meet so there was still a separation between the Jews and the Gentiles the Gentiles were not like it's less about who they were more about who they weren't they weren't a Jew they were all sorts of nations skin colors languages but they just weren't Jews and um, in Acts we'll start I'm going to power through it but in Acts we start at the um, start of chapter 10 and it says in Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius who was a captain of the Italian regiment he was devout God-fearing man as was everyone in his household he gave generously to the poor prayed regularly to God one afternoon about three o'clock he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him now it doesn't specifically say that it was while he was praying but later in the chapter which I don't think I'm going to read out it actually says that when he repeats the vision he was praying when he got the vision so we know he was praying at this moment when he saw the angel Cornelius the angel said Cornelius stared at him in terror what is it sir he asked the angel and the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. As we continue, it says, the next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter we read about Simon Peter, went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. I'm reading from the NLT. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked a man named, if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. What I was really taken aback when Peter says no to God. Like he's got a vision from God telling him to do something. He says no. But it's because he, it's not because he didn't want to obey God, but he thought, you know, I'm being obedient because my laws say I can't eat that. So I'm doing the right thing. And it took three times, obviously, God had to say to him, no, no, do not call unclean what God has called clean. It was an angel speaking, so obviously representing God. So Peter had put, already put God in a box of limitations because he went, well, no, 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 you can't, I can't do that, that's... That's not happening. And so God's here revealing himself to him, shaking up his idea of what he was expected or what he knew. And I just love that, that verse. God, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. Do not limit God by what you think because God, God has made it clean. So we continue on in Acts. It says, uh, we're at verse 19. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry for I have sent them. Peter, thankfully, this time didn't say no. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And he would have like seen the Roman officer with the... Um, the, the messengers and he would have known that they weren't Jews, that they were Romans. Um, and he said, 
We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout and God-fearing man and well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night, which is not also... We're already seeing that Peter has realised what God has shared because... He, typically the Jews wouldn't have invited the Romans into his house. They would have made them like sleep outside or, you know, out the back in the, the barn or whatever. So he's already invited them in. And they arrived in um, Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together all of his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Now, Peter was saved. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. God had already been using him all over the nation, but he was, Peter was still Peter. He was still human. He'd already said no to God. He was closed off. God didn't use him because he was perfect. It's not like he was completely without sin like Jesus was as a messenger. Peter was just a person that God was using. He was available and he was ready and willing to do what God had said. We often think, like I said with my knee, we think we have to be perfect and all together to be doing work for God. But no, that's a limitation we put on ourselves. God can use us wherever we are, wherever we've come from, wherever we're going. He can use us. He can use you. I'd eyeball every single one of you if I could in a quick time. But he can use you. doesn't matter where you've come from, where you're going, what you did yesterday how late you woke up this morning, he can use you. Old or young as well, doesn't matter. There was at conference, this is really a side, at conference they were, um, I can't think of the word, appointing, new, like praying for the new pastors in our movement. And there was a couple up there taking over a church and I'm not kidding you, they had to have been in their 80s. They're up there with all of these 30-year-olds. Sorry? They were old. Okay, 70 maybe, maybe 70. A terrible judge of age. But anyway, besides the point. <laughs> He's joking. He doesn't even know who they are. Um, <laughs> beside the point, they weren't up there with all of the young 30-year-olds. They were significantly older and yet they were still saying yes to God. Pastoring a church, like their season was not done. So it doesn't matter who you are, God can use you. So we're in verse 28. Peter told them, you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to even associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent me, sent for me. So important that we don't miss that, that Peter was invited in. And because he'd had that vision from God, he knew that he was able to go in there, into the house. And this is where it gets really exciting. I love this story. Peter entered the house. Um, Cornelius, I won't read that whole bit, but Cornelius repeats the vision to him saying, while he was in prayer, he heard from angel and sent to hear what Peter had to share. Now, Peter was a, a preacher. He spoke God's word. So immediately he would have been like, you beauty, this is my opportunity to share about Jesus to a room full of Gentiles that are hungry and they're wanting to seek what he has, what they can hear from Jesus. For um, Cornelius replied in verse 30. Oh, actually, I did write it down, but I won't read it because I've summarised it. Um, they were all there waiting to hear from God. Um, what I 
was shared at conference, I'd already been thinking about this. So these little nuggets kept standing out at me from different people. But Pastor Emma Schroeder, who's one of the pastors at C3 Hepburn Heights in Perth, um, she's done some mental health um, training um, in a like in a theology degree, and so she's really um, keen on pastoral care and helping people through tough seasons. And she was talking about well-being, and well-being is a state of doing well, being well, and waiting well. And that just really stood out to me because when we, um, she said, to quote her, when we're not in a state of waiting well, hope is eradicated. When we're not in a state of waiting well, hope is eradicated. Cornelius and his people knew that God, they knew that someone was coming and so they were there prepared and they were waiting. They had hope. They weren't sitting there going, oh, I wonder if he'll come, I wonder if he won't. They were there waiting to hear. They were prepared. So then as Peter got to share the gospel of Jesus with them, they're sitting there with their hearts already open to receive, which is so amazing. We're, We're talking about people that worshipped other gods, that didn't have an eye and a heart for just our Lord Jesus, but they, you know, they worshipped many. And here they were, softened hearts, ready to hear from the Lord. And in verse 34, it says, Peter said, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for all of the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Even as, and this is the really cool part, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out to the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. How amazing is that? We're talking about all of the people, no matter where they came from, being filled with the Holy Spirit, meeting Jesus. And the Jews then had that moment to realise what Peter had realised, that Jesus was not just for them, but Jesus was for all of them. So that's a lot of scripture that I've just rushed through. And then I'll get to my points. But I just, that moment when I was reading that, I actually just, I didn't cry, but I teared up. Just realising that the Holy Spirit is so accessible. And it's us that puts the limitations on God that make that not so. Whatever those limitations are, big or small, God's not withholding the Holy Spirit from anyone, from any of you. It's there, but we limit what we think God can do. Like um, Pastor Emma mentioned before, it was a bit of the theme of the conference and something that had already been in my heart beforehand, but um, the difference on waiting for God and waiting on God. And so I kind of, it's late to tell you a title to this message, but I kind of titled it, What Are You Waiting For? What are you waiting for? There's so many like songs that you can think of. <laughs> I'm the person that whenever someone says something like that, I get a song in my head. So I was just, I'm sure there was a few of you out there that was thinking the same. Um, but there's a difference between waiting for God and waiting on God. If we're waiting for God to do something for us, we are limiting everything else that he can do. If I'm seeking him in prayer, and there's nothing wrong, he knows the desires of our hearts and he wants us to lay them before him. But if all I'm doing when I spend time with God is saying, he's a really vulnerable one for me to share, I'd love to meet a partner. If that's all I'm doing and praying for when I'm at his feet, I'm just completely limiting everything else that he can do for me. 
might be for you, it might be a job, finances. Um, maybe you want to have children and you're struggling. Like, I don't know what it is that you're waiting for. Obviously, he wants us to present those things to him, to lay them at his feet. But we need to do that and lay it down at his feet and then just wait on him. It could take years. Things that we want might never happen. But then again, they're our expectations. Are we expecting God to do what we want him to do? Or are we just expecting him? Are we just expectant that knowing that he will do something? What I love about that story is both, we read both Cornelius and Peter, when they heard from God, they were spending time in prayer. And it doesn't say that they were praying for a specific thing. They were just, at this time they were praying. And then God spoke to them. God sent a vision. And it doesn't, it might not look like a vision, like as clearly as they had. It could be a word that's impressed on your heart or your spirit. But they were just actively seeking God, worshipping him because they loved him and they wanted to spend time with him. And he then gave them both a vision. And I had a clear, I'm going to share it. Like I kind of almost took it out because I thought it's kind of a bit like just a snuck in thing that then I'm not going to unpack. But I just had the word of don't confuse waiting for being stuck. Sometimes we think we're stuck and we're waiting for God to do something because we haven't got there yet. But waiting's actually an active um, posture. When we're stuck, we're just sitting there going like, yeah, like, that's right. I think, I think back to that story of, um, like, it's a little old story you might have heard where there's a guy on a roof and it's flooded and he's waiting, he's praying to God to save him. And so they send a motorboat and he goes, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's all good, God's going to save me. And then he sends a bigger boat and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good, God's going to save me. Then a helicopter comes and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good, my God's going to save me. And then the flood waters are rising and gets to the end and he cries out and he's like, God, why didn't you save me? And God goes, I sent you a boat, I sent you a bigger boat, I sent you a helicopter. Like, what else do you want from me? So don't confuse waiting with being stuck. We've got to put that posture in our step. We need to step forward, be waiting on God and not just for him to do something. My second point is that waiting is not just for me. Peter and Cornelius weren't waiting on God for something just for them. If Cornelius hadn't have been seeking God and praying and got that vision and been open to it, he would have never sent those men down to get Peter. Likewise, if Peter hadn't been praying and seeking God and heard that vision and listened to God, he would have never invited those men into his house and he would have never stepped foot in the Gentile's house because he would have thought he's doing what he's meant to do. By both of them praying and hearing from God and listening, these two people, like this intersection occurs. We've heard Pastor Bruce talking about those intersections this year. There's an intersection where because of their faithfulness and God speaking to them and their obedience, All of these other people got to meet Jesus and were filled with the Holy Spirit. That moment was not for Cornelius or for Peter. Even though Cornelius wanted to hear the message, that moment created this beautiful opportunity for everyone to encounter the love of Jesus. Are you waiting for you or are you waiting for him, for everybody else? Obviously, we're going to be blessed. Cornelius was blessed in that waiting. Peter was blessed. He had an opportunity to share. But it wasn't just limited to them. It just blows my mind that our faithfulness can be the key to unlock Jesus for somebody else, the key to unlock blessing for somebody else, the key to unlock eternal life and a relationship with God for somebody else because of our faithfulness. Let's find where I'm up to. That's most of that point. So my last point 
Um, and I think I would like to invite the worship team to come back up at this point. Because as Emma said, um, yeah, one of the most powerful things that was shared at conference was the altar altars people. We've come from a season where, I'm not, you know, I think it was um, Pastor Gary Morgan that shared this as well. But, you know, COVID's no longer an excuse for anything. It's not. We can use it as excuse. If we want to do something, we'll do it. If we want to not do something, we will always find an excuse. And the altar is a sacred place where we can encounter God. In Acts, it's such a powerful, powerful book of the Bible about the Holy Spirit. Jesus died and went to heaven and was resurrected, resurrected to sit beside God the Father. And then He sent us the most incredible gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us every day, to fill us. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives us power. In Exodus, we read about Moses and he's going up and following what God wants him to do. And Moses says, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all of the other people on the face of the earth? When we take the Holy Spirit with us, filled with power, God is revealed to everybody. I actually didn't really mean for this message to go in this direction. I said to Pastor Roman John before the service, I was like, I'm not really sure it's gonna come out of my mouth this morning. But that's because I just knew that God had something for you all. He's so real and tangible. And when we spend time waiting on Him, that's when we get equipped with the Holy Spirit, with His power. When we're waiting well on the Lord and we are filled with His power, God can do amazing things. We look at a whole group of people being filled with the Holy Spirit just because Cornelius and Peter were waiting well on the Lord. I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. Because as we talked about before, we put our own limitations on what God can do. And for some of us, that might, that might mean that you're afraid of coming and standing on this altar. You're afraid of what people might think. I guarantee you, no one cares. We care. Not one person in this room. If you decide this morning to come and just sit at the feet of the Father, not a single person here is gonna judge you for that. In fact, they'll be celebrating with you because God wants to do communion with us like Shane shared. Jesus shared that through Shane, but God wants to be walking alongside you in everything that you do. He wants to fill you with His power and it's so available to us. I have this memory of being a child. I was talking to mum, we couldn't remember how old I was. I'm guessing about four or five because I was young enough to be completely frozen in this moment. Stuck, you could probably say. And um, we went to Rundle Mall and we went to Toys R Us. And if anyone ever remembers the old Toys R Us in Rundle Mall, there's that really skinny one, one-way escalator up. Does anyone, I'm seeing some nods. And so 
You can't go up and down on the same little spot. You kind of have to go up into the store and then work your way through. It's great marketing techniques for you to buy everything. But um, I just remember getting to the bottom of the escalators and I wasn't really sure. Like we were just walking in. So as you do when you're walking with your family, people got on and I just, I hesitated and I got to the bottom and I could just see, and like, mum's like, please don't make me sound neglectful. <laughs> she wasn't, like, it was, it felt like an eternity, but it was probably a split moment where they were just there moving up on the escalator and I was stuck where I was because I just hesitated out of fear. All I needed to do was that take that little tiny step. And you know, sometimes we need some help because my memory is whoever was there, mum was obviously close enough to save me if I needed saving, but someone just behind me just helped me onto that step. And then I was on my journey up the escalators. Sometimes we just need to take that step. And this morning, if you need help to take that step, bring someone with you. But I just wanna open up the altar this morning. While the band's worshiping, you might have something that's on your heart. You might just wanna wait on God. Don't get me wrong, God can meet you where you're at, on your seat. He's not exclusive like that. But we can take that step out of being stuck and wait on God again. And just with every eye closed here, it would just be amiss of me to not let everyone here have the opportunity to respond to Jesus, if that's what you wanna do this morning. If, If you've heard this message and thought, Jesus, I wanna know you more. I wanna draw closer to you. Regardless of if it's the first time or your hundredth time. If something that's been shared this morning through the service, if there's been a moment that's quickened your heart to think, I wanna be waiting on God. You might be in a place where you're not sure what being sent by God means, but He says it in His Word, go and make disciples of every nation. That's the call that He's placed on every one of our lives. And so this morning, with no one else looking, if you wanna commit to doing that for Jesus, to walking and waiting well in Him, I want to invite you just to lift your hands just for a moment and recommit back to the Lord and say, Jesus, Jesus, I wanna know You more. I wanna know You closer. Lord Jesus, we are just so grateful for your presence. We are so grateful that you are available to each one of us. Right now, we just lay down our limitations, our doubts, and we just open our hearts to hear from you afresh. Lord, have your way in our lives. We wanna be open for what you wanna do as you're still just in that moment, I'm reminded of um, at conference, the founder of the Red Frogs Association shared about how Red Frogs started. And it's a organization similar to Green Team where they go in to parties, to universities, and they look after people. And it started because one guy with a mullet when he was young, heard from God to go and talk to some skateboarders. 
And then he wanted to keep them safe at their schoolies week, so he went with them to keep them safe. And now it's an organisation that look after over 3 million Australians every year. And it's all because he was open to hear from God and hang out with a couple of skateboarders. So this morning as we worship, if you wanna just get unstuck and wait well on the Lord without expecting Him to do what you want and being open for Him and expectant to do what He wants, the altar is open. Pastor John, Pastor Emma, myself, we'll happily pray for you if something that's you want, something that you want. But if you just want it in this moment, recognize the power of God and feel that afresh on your life as we worship. Get out of your seat. Take a step up on that escalator. Ask for help if you need it. And let's just wait on God and see what He does, what miracles He unlocks what power He brings into our lives. Thanks team.